Welcome to the GS Nation podcast. Our focus is personal development, health, wellness, mindset, and entrepreneurship. Show notes may be found at gsnation.com slash podcast, as well as on our YouTube channel and in the details section of your podcast app. Thanks for listening. We're your hosts, Carrie and Dave. Let's rock and roll. What is up, GS Nation? Today on the podcast, Dave and I have got guest Dr. Joey Cadena. We had an epic time talking with Dr. Cadena. Here are just a couple of things about him so that you can learn more about his background and his knowledge of both the human form and body, as well as wooden and steel maces. Dr. Joey Cadena is the creator of the Primal Flow Wooden Training Mace and Thor Fit Hammer. He is also owner, CEO, and lead physical therapist at Physiosports Institute. In 1996, he earned a BA in Fine Arts from Texas A&M University, Kingsville. He earned a Master's of Science in Physical Therapy in 2008 from Texas State University. And then in 2012, he completed his fellowship training in Austin through the Manual Therapy Institute, a fellowship program of the American Academy of Orthopedic Manual Physical Therapists. Dr. Joey went on to complete his doctorate of physical therapy from Shenandoah University in 2014. Fun fact about Dr. Joey, he's a seventh degree black belt in Kenpao Karate and has earned rank in Jeet Kune Do as well as Judo. He is also a certified Spartan SGX coach and level one certified steel mace flow coach. He's been an International Sports Science Association personal fitness trainer and International Karate Connection martial arts instructor since 1993. And between 96 and 2012, he's owned and operated a number of martial arts schools in South Texas, along with a training facility, Rock Solid Total Fitness. In 2012, Dr. Joey opened his own clinic, Physio Sports Therapy. Just after six years, his physical therapy practice evolved into a comprehensive training facility. And in 2018, Physio Sports Institute opened its doors as a center for human performance that trains and treats elite athletes in all areas of strength, conditioning, nutrition, and physical therapy. We hope that you enjoy this episode. Dr. Joey was such a pleasure to have on. He was kind enough to give all of our listeners... 15% off of his wooden flow maces. So if you would like one of his awesome primal flow wooden training maces, use the code GSNATION15 for 15% off of your purchase. That's all I'll give you guys now so that we can go ahead and get started, but I'll catch you at the end of this episode. Enjoy. What's going on, GS Nation? We have got uh, Dr. Joey Cadena here with us. How, how bad was that, man? Was that that was perfect. Ah, Cadena? No way. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. That was fantastic. Um, I'm pumped to, to have this guy on the podcast. Met him in uh, Austin at Paleo FX, and um, he has a fantastic company called Primal Flow that he's going to tell us all about the wooden training mace, the Thorfit hammer and a bunch of other stuff as well. Um, so, Dr. Joey, thank you for having us on, or thank you, <laughs> it's the second time. <laughs> it's the second time. <laughs> thank you for coming on the show with us today, man. Very yeah. much appreciate it. Dude, that's awesome. You're sound excited, as excited as I am. <laughs> I'm pumped. I'm pumped. Yeah, man. we're both. I'm like, super pumped. Stoked. Absolutely. What, uh, what part of uh, the country are you in right now, man? So, I live in South Texas, just south of Austin, and um, just got in from work, got in from clinic, and it's, I was just excited to come on board and it's nice weather it's bizarre it's kind of like california weather here in south texas which is cool because it's normally crazy hot right now so i'm definitely enjoying it yeah and nice. that's gonna last for all of two days but that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> enjoy those two days yeah for sure where are you uh, are you from texas originally yeah i was born in san antonio my dad was in the military and then when he was uh discharged he was uh, a music major, so uh, he taught band in uh, high, in San Antonio, and then I grew up kind of around South Texas, and and I did my schooling in physical therapy at Texas State University near Austin, and and my fellowship in Austin. So, kind of basically from Austin on south, I've been around. Rock on, rock yeah. on, yeah. That's um, 
That's a beautiful part of the country. I don't have a ton of, of experience there. I was actually my first time in Austin, but I'm oh, cool. gorgeous city. Yeah. Did you get to kind of tour around a little bit or you just stayed around the, the conference? Uh, on, on scooters and bicycles, oh, yeah. <laughs> which yeah. is way more fun and dangerous than one would think. True. Probably equally. <laughs> I really wanted him to check out the Bat Bridge. Have you heard about yeah. that? Yeah. You, so cool. Have you seen it? Yeah. Yeah. That stuff we used to hit up when we lived up there, my wife and I. You know, the downtown Austin scene has got so many things. It's, it's just, we, we love to go back every time we can. Can you explain to our listeners what the Bat Bridge is? Just yeah. so people don't think yeah. we're bad shit the crazy. Bat <laughs> Isn't that where Batman, like, comes flying out? Right. That's oh, man. Right. Hell yeah. I will. <laughs> so, you know, um, there's a bridge in Austin, like, over the lake um, that has a lot of bats that live under there. And it's super famous. A certain, at sundown, they just start to fly out in, in droves. I don't know what you describe groups of bats. Are they flocks? <laughs> what are they? Yeah, <laughs> I guess that's what I'd say, yeah. Yeah, it's like a cool sight to see. It's an amazing sight to see, actually, with the sunset and the Austin skyline and, you know, people paddleboarding or, you know, uh, just it's such a cool scene there in downtown Austin. And, and that's one of the sights. So you mentioned paddleboarding. Um, I think this is a good dive into functional fitness, you know. Yes. So you're playing with 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 the mace. You've got a... a, a background in martial arts you know we're going to definitely dive into both of those but what what other functional movements and kind of functional exercises do you do on a regular basis absolutely i i've been a spartan racer for uh so well, since 2014 got into spartan race uh and i really enjoyed the whole functional movement of spartan because one thing you know you're carrying a heavy farmer carry then you're crawling under stuff and you're climbing things and you're jumping over stuff and balancing on you know different different uh, obstacles so i did a lot of spartan race type of training and um before that you know even just a p90x you know beach body p90x stuff was so for me it was a that was my introduction into kind of functional training if you will came from traditional background in the gym lifting weights you know bodybuilding style power lifting type workouts and then here's this guy that's super crazy fit and he's doing push-ups and pull-ups and squat jumps and yoga and you know things that i just never took for i took them for granted things i didn't do and i said wow that's a really cool change of pace from what i've done forever so i went through that you know 90 days and honestly we truly transformed and that that turned my mind over to wow maybe there is something a body weight type of training maybe there is something to standing on one leg and, and lifting a dumbbell and, you know, doing yoga type of stretches. So that kind of was my intro to functional training was, was Tony Horton. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yeah. Tony Horton and, um, and Spartan as well. I, I uh, actually didn't yeah. know you were a Spartan athlete. Which, what's been your favorite venue that you've run? Oh, man, the Austin race is so cool. I mean, not is to it? plug Austin again, it might be like, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, I raced the whole Texas series uh, from 2014 to basically I think 2018 was the last one I did. I just have been so busy. I haven't had a chance to compete anymore. But um, the Burnett race, the Austin Spartan sprint, and one year it was two weekends in a row, and I went both weekends and did both races. It was just uh, the sprint and the super, and then I went back the following week and did the sprint and the super again. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. It so was just fun. such a fun course, you know, the hills and the rocks and just the terrain was beautiful, and it was just such a cool thing. So I can tell you that that was my favorite one. That's awesome. That's awesome. We have, a, we have an athlete that's actually looking at doing the Austin one, and now I'm definitely going to tell her that. Highly recommend it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm buying what you're selling. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you mentioned you were, uh, you were pretty busy this past year. Um, what were you busy with? Developing Primal Flow. Oh, lovely yeah. intro here. Tell me more about what you sell. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, uh, I, I guess like Primal Flow is a movement practice but it's centered around the mace. Uh, it's derived from the steel mace flow system. Uh, using a steel mace is what I got started in. But I, I have a martial arts background, as you kind of alluded to. I started when I was 17. It's been almost 30 years in martial arts. And uh, so training with a wooden weapon uh, was obviously very new. I mean, very home to me. And uh, I started getting a steel mace workout going on. And I found myself pretty limited to be able to sustain like a 45 or an hour long workout with a steel mace. It was like 
tiring and acquiring some new movements were a little bit difficult. And if you hit yourself with a, basically a steel sledgehammer, uh, it was pretty painful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I say, you know, no one in martial arts goes and grabs a razor sharp katana and starts to learn sword with a razor sharp sword. You start with a wooden sword and you get good technique and maybe you stay with a wooden sword the whole time and you have a movement practice with that. Or you go into the, you know, the steel one and you actually learn cutting or whatever. Um, so I said, well, there's got to be a wooden equivalent to the steel mace so I can get better at it and use my steel mace as part of my workout, like weight training. I mean, you don't throw a bunch of weight on a bar. You start with a bar, you start with a PVC pipe and you get your movement and then you get into the, you know, the weight. Well, I figured there's going to be something equivalent in the steel mace. So I start searching around online and uh, I don't find anything. There are some lighter steel maces, but they are different uh, length. They're different shape. They have a different handle width or circumference. And so I said, man, there isn't a wooden version of this type of tool. So started putting my pen to paper and, you know, looking at resources and studying online and, and just asking around and figuring out how can I make a training tool, basically a wooden replica of the steel mace. And that's how Primal Flow was born. Um, a bit of almost a year of R&D, different prototypes, different wood, different designs. So we finally found one that I felt had the right weight distribution, the right proportions, and, and could be mass produced to where it's not some kind of exotic hardwood that's always out of stock or something, you know? Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it is, it's a beautiful piece of art. Thank you. It uh, really is. They're gorgeous. Thank you so much. I mean, I've been blessed to have some wonderful people on my team. Uh, the artisans that make them are all, they're all American made by hand. Every single one's made individually. We don't like mass produce them. I mean, we make them in larger quantities, but they're individually made. They're not like on some kind of cutout machine. Uh, and I'm an artist, uh, so I do the finishes and stains and the logos just as a, my own form of mental therapy, kind of decompress and just do some painting, if you will. And I get to feel each mace when I get them you know, put together. It's just a really integrated part of my life. And I find it's so rewarding. That is incredible. Um, I was a studio art major, actually. Um, nice. Yeah. And so I love hearing, and you talk about it because what people might not know is that it really is like, it's like mindless mindfulness. Yeah. <laughs> it's so hard to explain. Like you're wildly present in a moment, but it's I like, totally get it. it's like quiet. Yeah. Um, yeah. And my how, life is so the opposite of that. So yeah. that's time for me to center and like you say it mindfully be mindless. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the best stuff comes from that. And I think that's what mindfulness is about. It's about being present. And when you're working with something so, you know, so intricate, Yep. you have got to be present or else and intimately yeah. and intimately or else it's not going to turn out the way you want it and need it to turn out absolutely and that's kind of a good segue into the purpose of the maze too that's yeah. a really cool point you make there's a lot of great movement practices out there like animal flow or yoga and things like that when you don't have a tool you manipulate and it's a great way to get a flow state and get your mobility and all that kind of good stuff but when you add a tool like the mace, now you have something you have to pay attention to. You have something you have to manipulate. And if you don't, if you zone out, you're going to bonk yourself in the head. <laughs> and, <Yeah. laughs> you know, so it's a great, like you're saying, it's a great focal tool to put all your attention on the movements of the mace for your form, for your balance, for accelerating or decelerating it. And it gives you literally like a focal point, like a white dot to meditate on, right? A focus point. And that's really how I see our training mace as it's evolved from just a tool to replicate the steel mace. It evolved into its own movement practice that is about centering your mind and optimizing your body in all areas. And, and that's where the book series that I'm starting on and, and so on comes from that mindset you just nailed right there. Wow. So we've been talking a lot about active meditation and passive meditation. Yeah. And I love how, like what you're describing, I'm visualizing the movements that someone might be making with your primal maces. And it's such an active meditation. Like you were saying, it's exactly. slip. <laughs> you're, you're very much brought to the, the current moment with like yeah. a little bump, a little wake up. Yeah. So, yeah. I've been there. <laughs> yeah. I bet your so, mind wanders and the maces, uh, 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 pay attention to me. <laughs> <laughs> Stay on task. Yeah. So people who don't know exactly what a mace is, can you describe a mace and then maybe talk yeah. a little about what the difference is between, you know, a steel mace and then your wooden maces? 
Absolutely. So a mace is probably the oldest tool known to man. Uh, when man had the uh, mental state to say, hey, let me make this stick a little more dangerous. Let me put a rock on top of it. Or uh, that started the whole history of the mace. I mean, every culture across the globe at one point has had a mace in its history, whether it be ceremonial for the king or ruler to hold this stick of power or for, you know, men fighting in the militia, you know, or, and then again in the medieval time where they added spikes to the mace and then they separated the ball with a chain. And so there's just been evolution of this weapon for, you know, thousands of years. You go into Asia and you see like the monks training with a bamboo with a weight at the end of it, like a, a, a piece of rock or a cement or something. You have these fluid movements to develop forearm strength. Uh, you look into the Middle East and India, and you have the gata, which is very similar, um, a longer pole that's kind of wobbly, like a bamboo or something, with a weight at the end of it to develop core strength and mobility. So this has been around for thousands of years. And basically now, and just kind of going back and citing some sources, 2007, this guy's coach, Jake Shannon, coined the term mace bell which is basically the first modern naming of this tool that was initially military or martial arts exclusive and brought it into strength and conditioning as a fitness tool, kind of like a kettlebell or a dumbbell. Uh, and so he made this first DVD series on how to you know, use the mace bell. And that kind of started this modern version of the training that I've come into over the last year and a half or so. Um, and the steel mace itself, which is the most widely one used now, it's basically about 40 inches, inch and a half in diameter. So it's about the size of a samurai sword or like a baseball bat uh, made of steel and most of the weights at the end in a big metal ball. Uh, so it's front loaded and that's what makes it unique to, to say just a barbell or um, a kettlebell or a, um, there's a bunch of good tools that are coming out now. But what really distinguishes this is it's got a front load weight distribution on a longer handle. So it activates your muscles a lot more. It changes the mechanics of motion. It challenges your balance. And that's how the steel mace kind of took off. Um, the Onnit Academy in Austin is really, really at the forefront of a lot of mace education. And that brought me to Leo Savage, which is my coach, who came from the Onnit certifications, the Onnit gym, and several other sources where he studied on his own. And he created his own movement system called Steel Mace Flow. That one is a lot more akin to martial arts in the sense that you're moving in different uh, lunges and different single leg stances and you're swinging the mace with the ball away from you plus the ball in your hand so it's reversed like a sword. And that's what drew me to, to Steel Mace was his Steel Mace Flow system. As a martial artist, I saw a lot of movements that I had done my entire life practically and said, wow, this is a cool strength tool that does a lot of the movements I did as a martial artist. So this is a novel way to practice what I've done my whole life. And uh, that kind of started my journey on the steel mace. Um, and then we kind of talked about the whole idea. Well, I need something a little more on the training level and that brought in the wooden mace uh, that I created almost a year ago now. And I've seen as our, pay, our clients are buying the maces and they're putting videos online, they're doing some really amazing, unique things like very high speed movements. Uh, they go back to like the nunchuck or the bow staff. And it's like, you know what? This, this has become its own movement sub practice of steel mace flow. Wow. Because of the wooden tool, you can throw it around more. You can do spear type throws. You can do reversing flips and very high, fast, intricate movements because it is lighter and it's not as dangerous to swing by your head as a piece of steel. So I think it creates a more daring nature in the practitioner. And that's what I'm going and, and building on that with a, what I call primal fitness, which I would love to discuss as we kind of go through this, this talk. Yeah, definitely. Um, really fast. When you kind of realized that you needed an in-between tool, like a you know bridge to get you to that heavier heavier mace did you make your own yes. like that very first one <gasps> yeah well, I, I wish i could claim the wooden the wood crafting skills <laughs> i mm -hmm. i pulled from resources so what i did was i i had a current one of my coaches that works for me in my uh, training center 
while back had shown me, hey, look, my dad this, did this beautiful, you know, uh, shelf set for my apartment. Uh, just she was just sharing something that her dad had done out of wood, really beautiful furniture. And I said, wow, that's cool. And it just sort of stuck in my head. And fast forward a couple months, and I had been studying a, a class on the Japanese sword. And of course, we're using the katana, uh, the wooden sword, the bakken. And uh, that's when I had that epiphany, like a wooden mace. Uh, so I text my, uh, my staff member, Paola. I said, hey, do you think your dad could make one of these? And I, I texted a picture of my steel mace. Do you think your dad could make one of these out of wood? And she said, yeah, of course he can. He's got like a full wood shop. He makes furniture. He would, he would totally be able to do it. And so I went over that week and took my steel mace over. We measured it out. I drew some specs. He, we figured a couple of different woods to try, and we made a prototype or two. And that's kind of how it got started. And um, I put a post on Instagram saying, hey, you know, Instagram, I created this training tool. It's a, a bridge for the wooden mace. It's, I mean, for the steel mace. Just kind of thought I'd share it out there. And I got a great response from people like, whoa, do you ship these out? Are you selling them? And <laughs> I was like, boom, there's a demand. And that's oh, kind of how it yeah. started. That is too cool. I love how, like, on our podcast, I say a lot that I just don't believe that there are accidents. Like, there are no accidents. Yeah. And so the fact that, you know, she took the time, like, she even felt a need to share the yeah. shelving with you. Yep. Um, and then, like, that you were present enough to for it to have stuck with you. No kidding. So that this, was, yeah. Yeah, that was absolutely not a coincidence. I think, you know, God just said hey, this is going to be a cool plan for you. Uh, yeah. You resources, you better remember, kid. <laughs> Follow my <laughs> And um, it was just like, out of a sudden, it was an aha moment. Like people say, uh, hey, Paula's dad makes wood stuff. Maybe he can make one of these. And I shoot her a text and it was immediate green light. And uh, it's just been the most amazing journey. Uh, and then it was like, okay, well, where can we get the better pricing on wood? And it's just like this team, you know, drive over to San Antonio and do some research on different types of materials and just back and forth until we finally, I want to say perfected a very reproducible tool, which is what you guys saw at Paleo Effects. And there's another prototype coming soon that we can talk about towards the end. That I'd love to talk about. Ooh. Awesome. Heard it here awesome. first. <laughs> um, but let's talk about the the new flow that this tool has kind of made space for right and like right. enabled people to be able to do uh as well as um you know primal fitness in general absolutely absolutely and that was a, one of those another aha moments um earlier of getting in a spartan race really appealed to me because it was functional fitness uh i've always been a bruce lee fan and I've read all his stuff and I studied his art, his training method, Jeet Kune Do. And one of the things he talks about is called real world strength. And he was really, really, everybody admires him for the martial arts and the movies, but also for his strength training and his physique and his, his like wild strength for his weight to you know ratio. And he coined in a lot of his papers or his different writings and things, the term real world strength. And it was like, I want to be able to jump high. I want to be able to run fast. I want to be able to hit hard and be strong. And to me, that's a novel approach at the time, especially, but even now more so uh, strength and conditioning has become very specialized. You get somebody that can squat an insane amount of weight, but they can't run across the street. And you get someone who can run a hundred miles, but they can't do 10 push-ups. You know, so we're getting these crazy, as a physical therapist, I, I specialize in orthopedics. I see this in the clinic all the time. I'll get an incredible athlete, somebody that's so accomplished in their sport, but they're so functionally weak in every other area that Interesting. I think that Bruce's real world strength has been kind of lost. And there's a lot of movement practices that are on the same mentality now. You see CrossFit and they're like, we're very well-rounded. So you have athletes running and they're climbing and they're lifting. So they have a great, you know, they've been a great push forward to getting popular, popularizing the concept of like a well-versed athlete. Um, and then you have things like animal flow that are great movement practices with a lot of components to them. Uh, and so primal flow, I, I want to say, I don't want to say jumped on the bandwagon, if you will, but this was a great instrument for me with my personal background of the martial arts. 
and with physical therapy and studying biomechanics to say, okay, here's an instrument that's very simple. You can carry it anywhere and you can do it outside or you can do it in a gym or you can do it in your home. And what I'm trying to do with the books, the first one that just recently came out, the foundations book was to give everybody a good foundation on how to stand, how to move, how to, you know, properly execute the motion. But the next level coming out soon is going to introduce the concept of primal fitness. And what I'm trying to do with this is create a Venn diagram and just say, okay, human motion that can be possible with this tool would be, you know, balance, uh, flexibility or mobility, isometric strength, explosive strength, or accelerating, you know, a, a, an object, throwing and catching or normal motor control timing. And so I'll break down in this next book, kind of like these are all these components that would make an athlete extremely functional in a primal ancestral way with our mace. And that's what I'm talking about when I say primal fitness. So it's really harking back to all the movement patterns of old. I mean, you mentioned like, yeah. like, you know, running and throwing and jumping and lifting and lifting things over your head and lunging yeah. to do something and squatting to do something. I mean, you're able to move and mix and, and match all of those different things Absolutely. together with one tool. Absolutely. I mean, our ancestors used a spear or a stick of some kind to kill the, the dinner to hunt, you know, hunt prey and kill dinner and survive. And so they had to be extremely skilled in their timing to throw and catch it. They had to be extremely skilled to have their body fully mobile to adapt to, you know, battling with whatever they were going to take out for dinner. And, uh, you know, ancient humans were so highly functional fit and they weren't, they weren't overweight or they weren't, you know, functionally tight. And now modern society, you know, we look at hip replacements at people in their 40s and 50s, which is alarming because of uh, inflexibility. You know, I spent a lot of time studying biomechanics as a physical therapist and people don't know how to separate their lumbar spine from their hip joint. They don't know how to separate their scapula from their thoracic spine or their cervical spine and their shoulders don't work well together. And so... I'm taking a lot of from Dr. Shirley Sarman. She's really, really an amazing physical therapist and researcher on biomechanics and muscle balance. Um, and I'm trying to take those movement series or looking at specific muscle imbalances that commonly occur and addressing them with the mace by saying, okay, this stimulates the serratus anterior or this stimulates the glute med. And we're going to restore those joints and muscles that harmonize with those particular groups. And that's my approach to primal flow and why it moves the way it moves, all within the structure of steel mace flow, which is the certification that I did uh, under Leo um, Urquedes. So, so with, with your background in biomechanics and physiology and, and movement patterns and being a doctor of physical therapy, what makes the mace un such a unique and optimal tool for rebuilding mobility because typically with mobility or flexibility, I mean, you're thinking yoga, you're thinking stretching, you're thinking animal flow, like we've discussed before, yeah. but you know, with, is it the rotational pattern? Is it the fact just solely the fact that the, the weight is so uneven, like, like what makes it so valuable? All of the above. Good. Right. Well said. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, yeah. The, so a lot of the strength training uh, sports or even methods that we use now are very linear. You're pushing or pulling at a great rate of strength or speed or acceleration. There's a lot of lack in rotation mm -hmm. uh, and in dynamic rotation. That's really key because mm -hmm. you get rotation when you do kettlebell flows. Kettlebells are an amazing tool. Uh, but again, the kettlebell has a very centered weight mass. And you put it in a point where it's just centered with your body as an extension of your arm. And it's definitely awesome for increasing resistance in movement patterns or complexes that you can address rotation with but it's not offset. It's not uneven. Uh, and, and so that's where I think the mace becomes superior to the kettlebell in that aspect is that here you have a, a bar shaped tool that you would make uh, perfect movements that you would do with a barbell, like a press or, or a row. So it has just the right handle length to have good body mechanics for pressing a rowing movement, but then having it offset by having the weight away from the lever it, it lengthens the lever arm. It makes it a lot more dynamic and strength engaging on one side. And what happens with that is your body on the contralateral side has to compensate by isometrically contracting. 
And mm -hmm. so you're getting what you could call like counter rotation strength or you're getting stabilizing strength. And I did a lot of research in lumbar spine injuries and disc injuries. And one of the common things that occurred with most people that were athletes that had disc herniations or spondylolisthesis and things like that is that they could not isometrically contract their core muscles like the transverse abdominis or their obliques while concurrently using their arm or leg muscles. There was a timing discrepancy. The Every muscles of the arm or leg would fire and then the core would fire later, not at all. Mm. I really wish you could see both Dave and I are like sitting at a table, like trying to <laughs> keep <laughs> our core in things. and then like do like the jumping jacks in our chairs. Yeah. <laughs> oh, 100%. Yeah. I mean, that was uh, my research uh, in my doctorate degree was on um, timing issues between the trunk muscles and the extremities. And I dove into a lot of studies to write my you know, case report and everything else. And wow. that was one of the main things that we found. And I found it as a problem with me personally, when I was going through the training sessions to try the stuff out, it's like, I couldn't control my core while I was moving my arms or legs. And we would use uh, biofeedback tools or things like that to see the muscle recruitment. And it's like, dude, the minute I move my leg, my core turns off. What's wrong mm -hmm. with this? And you're like breaking the sweat, trying to keep your core just on while you're moving your leg up and down, not even with resistance. And it was a very eye-opening experience, like you said, of like, wow, our muscles are so uncoordinated because we sit all day. And then we go do some kind of high-intensity training like CrossFit or Spartan or something like that. And then we wonder, why did my back, you know, why did I herniate a disc? Or what happened to my rotator cuff? You know, well, here's where it comes from. So what, what you don't know is that eight weeks ago, I herniated a disc <laughs> in my L3 core after yeah. running a ton and, um, you know, not following through with my prehab, prehabilitation protocols. Guilty and, as charged. Me yeah, too. Guilty as charged. It happens. Yeah. Um, great wake up. And, you know, I'm really interested in this specifically because of that. And it's cool. really fascinating to me because of, you know, what you've said as far as recruiting those muscles under, not only necessarily under tension, but under movement yeah. is something that as I'm recovering from this, it's, you're right. A, it's very difficult. And B, I'm, I'm feeling that I've lost, because of that injury, I've lost a lot of stability. Yeah. Like, I found that, that out the hard way too. <laughs> so, so, you know, I mean, I'm, I've been reduced to in large part, dead bugs and you know like hip extension holds on the ground and yep. presses with bands you know etc cetera, etc cetera. um is that you know and, and i know not necessarily specific to my situation but the progression to using the mace from an injury like that looks like what yeah i mean definitely you're doing the right thing isometric contractions are king teaching those muscles to fire and then challenging them with a very functional movement like the dying bugs or dead bugs and you know bridges and stuff like that hyperextensions uh and then there's a whole series by paloff it's the paloff presses and chops mm -hmm. and anti-rotations and anti-extensions uh where you have a basically a band or a cable and you're pulling from multiple angles while you're isometrically holding and moving your body different ways. That's a really cool series. You can look up if you're, if you haven't been familiar with that, it's a series I use a lot. And then that you free yourself from the machine or the band with the mace. That would mm -hmm. be the next or a concurrent progression because the mace's off weight offset weight distribution does just that. It mm -hmm. forces you to contract and hold your core in my book, the foundations manual. I go through a whole series for the lumbar spine that are stimulating just that system to work the right way. And here's where the differentiation between the steel and the wood comes in. The lighter weight of the wooden mace allows you to hold the thing carefully and really work on the muscle contraction. And you can hold it out away from your body in different positions that you wouldn't be able to do, especially if you were injured with a steel because it's just too heavy. Yeah. And, and you think heavy, 10 pounds? I, I get a 30 pound kettlebell to warm up. What do you mean heavy? But it's, it's incredible. Like the first time I ordered a 10-pound mace, I figured I'll start kind of easy and light. Let me get a 10-pounder. And I, I get it in, I unbox it, and I swore I was mislabeled. I thought, they sent me a 30-pound mace. <laughs> and I'm going to have to send this back. 
<laughs> and it was a freaking 10 pound mace, but it's the weight distribution that makes it really um, stimulating and, and heavier than it truly is. Yeah. When I was in college, I played field hockey and I'll never forget. Um, one of the ways that we used to get like punished, I guess you could say, um, like during practice, if we were goofing around or what have you, is we would all have to stand in a line and hold our field hockey sticks out, like nothing fancy, nothing on yep. them, but we just had to hold our stick out until we yep. couldn't hold it anymore. I love and it. And I cannot describe to anybody like, you know, this might be a two pound piece mm -hmm. of wood or like even like a one pound piece of fiberglass. Yep. And after like five, six, seven, eight minutes, like mm -hmm. your wrist is a hinge. Like I'm... it's like pointed down your elbow, <laughs> <laughs> trying to hold it up. Um, but I would love to talk about, um, you'd mentioned that your book is about your, it's like a foundation manual, but, um, in addition to that, because I would love to hear more about that, do you have videos of flows, um, you know, for folks on Instagram or what have you who are interested in getting a mace or who have gotten the mace and are looking to get more creative with their what, movement no, patterns? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So um, the book, basically, I, I broke it down by body region and give foundations like this is how you stand this is how you hold it these are your hand transitions and that comes straight out of the steel mace flow certification that i i went through but then i diversify into okay these are movements that encourage the shoulder to optimally move these are common muscle imbalances in the shoulder now do this move series xyz it's going to help you restore that or help you prevent that And there's like a little sample workout down there at the bottom so the book goes body region by body region uh addressing like I said, foundational movement to optimize your body. And then from there, the goal is going to be this coming year, this next few months to shoot that book into a video online format. Wow. Yeah. So again, the whole thing about, you know, people in the right path and all that kind of good stuff. My wife's doctorate is in adult learning, higher education. <laughs> no way. <laughs> and so she designed online courses that were state adopted so, um, and her doctorate study was on, you know, online learning and creating the right kind of course for online learning. So she's the one that helped me format and edit my book and made sure that the verbiage and the, the descriptions were conducive to adult learning. Uh, so I can tell you that's why it's really a good book. <laughs> and um, so now we're going to be shooting those uh, book pages into video lessons and she'll be putting them into a class, an online class format that people can go online and have the book, but also have the course to learn from. And we've also have an accredited foundations course by the ISSA International Sports Science Association and the Texas Physical Therapy Board. And so like a half day course, the book is the, ha is the handbook for the course. And I, I take the participants through all the movements with their mace and we go through the whole thing and really get to feel it. And that's an accredited CEU course. Uh, and so we plan to do that for the intermediate level, the advanced level, start with a book, build into the online course, go into the live course. Uh, and then somebody can eventually be fully certified where they go through all three. They test out if they want to be, say, a coach. They want to start teaching the Primal Flow Method in their training center. So that's the big long-term, like super unveiled right here. Oh my gosh. That's <laughs> awesome. Well, hurry up because both of us. I know. We, that, we so. both just looked at each other. We were like, you want to get certified? He was like, yes. Dude, I love it. I love it. Um, yeah. Oh my gosh, what an incredible, like we also love talking about just, you know, goals on our podcast yeah. and, and just what a beautiful goal that you and like you and your wife together have um, for just this incredible man, like way to change people's lives. Yeah. I mean, this will, this will change people's lives because you're right. Majority of everyone is waking up, you know, standing up straight, sitting in a car, standing up straight, sitting at a desk. Yeah. And, and it's horrible. And you know, you would, I just want to kind of touch back on the specificity of movement patterns. You know, I've got a, I've got a background in strength and conditioning myself and where I, I was an assistant at university of Richmond working with football, men's soccer, women's soccer, a little bit of field hockey, a little bit of lacrosse. And we did a lot of work with Dr. Yeses, uh, Dr. Michael Yeses. Are you familiar with him at all? I'm not. I so, definitely will look it up. Yeah, he's got a book called Build a Better Athlete. And the premise of the book is that really in American Western or Western sports, American society, culture, whatever, 
um, we specialize way too soon in our development as athletes. And that's something that, you know, even though I shot basketball hoops, you know, playing as a kid and I like played volleyball at the pool and, you know, you know, threw the football in the front yard, yada, yada, yada. But I only really played soccer my whole life. And it was spring, summer, fall, winter, spring, summer, fall, winter. Right. So I don't, I've, I've over patterned certain movements. I have zero rotational sports. Like I might've messed around with tennis, but didn't yep. play football, didn't play golf, you know, and typically those are like one way, at least yep. the, the latter two. And, you know, Dr. Yesis's theory is that all of your movement patterns up until, you know, really like 16, 17, 18 almost should be incredibly well-rounded so that you build those neuro patterns. Um, I, yeah, I agree a million percent. And as a clinician, one of the common injuries I see in my uh, practice are athletes that have just done that. Mm. I had a girl one time, she was, I think, 16 or 17, and she had been playing softball year round since she was like eight years old. So mm. she literally had been an eight year nonstop softball pitcher. Mm. Oh my the, gosh. The poor thing had a, a rotator cuff like a 50 year old. Yeah. She wasn't even in high in college yet. Jeez. Oh my gosh. She was just yeah. ripping her shoulder out every time. Never cross training, not having an off season because she was so in demand and she, you know, parents were living their glory days like uh, dad, you know, living his glory days with his daughter being the star pitcher and putting her in year round sports. And she loved it. I mean, your friends are there, you go with your friends out of town, you know, so it, the social aspects of team sports, I completely get, you know, the, the fun, you know, the family going to see the kid, but we also need to be conscientious of like, okay, they need an off season or like a cross training season, mm-hmm. where they're doing something completely different or nothing. Exactly. Yeah. Recovery. And, and that's what I build in with all of our athletes and with myself as well is, is a period of time where you just, you don't think about it. You don't worry yep. about it. You don't do it. If you yep. want to go on a walk, do that. If you want to go lift weights, do that. You know, just a non specialized yes. part of the program. Absolutely. Um, so I got a question for you here. If you had, if you were living in an RV, right. Or a van, right. Mm-hmm. What tools would you take with you for, exercising and working out, knowing that you can run, knowing that you can hop in a lake and swim, you know, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming the mace is coming with you. That's just an assumption. But what else are you bringing? You know, is, is it a kettlebell? Is it a TRX? Is it like, bam, what, what are you bringing yeah. along? I would love to have a, a rucksack, a ruck bag that I could throw a kettlebell in and a TRX set uh, because you can literally do those anywhere, but maybe even just a kettlebell. Um, I did this often when I was Spartan training, I would put a ruck on and I would throw a sandbag, uh, into my ruck. And that was the weight I could run with like a weighted vest, if you will, but with the ruck on. And then I would take that thing off, pull the sandbag out and do some cleans or do some slams or grip, or, you know, you name it like different strength complexes with the sandbag, then throw it back in the ruck and then keep on trucking down the trail. So to me, a sandbag like, uh, would be a great tool, like a 20 to 35, 40 pound sandbag or a kettlebell, you know, something in that weight range. So you can either do some, some strength complexes for your legs or your arms. And then you could just put your um, Primal Flow Mace across your back on the, on the backpack. Mm-hmm. You're rolling. Heck yes. Have you, you, uh, ninja rolling down the trail. Exactly. Have you played with a Bulgarian bag? I have not. I've, I've messed with the rec bags. Yeah. Uh, and um, uh, Titan has a bag that has like multi grips and I've done different complexes and I've seen the Bulgarian bag. It looks so cool. Yeah. I just haven't had a chance to try it. For, for people who don't know what that is, it's a crescent shaped mm-hmm. bag with hands or like, like a handles on, yep. on each, you know, moon tip, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, and then like bigger, thicker grips in the main part of the sandbag. And so the idea is that you can get you know, as you discussed earlier, more dynamic rotational movements in and um, very unique tool, very unique mm-hmm. tool. So I, I have seen to- it online mm-hmm. and I saw that paleo effects, uh, but I haven't had to get my hands on them. Uh, the, I did stuff like that with the sandbag or the rec bag where we do like rotational movements, uh, diagonal patterns, you know, different complexes like the clean and snatch and all that. But then I would do rotational things, throwing them like a spear. So with a sandbag, you know, tough ones like Hyperware has one. 
you just chunk that thing over like a spear and get like that explosive power. And then you sprint after it and, you know, you do some squats when you catch up to it or, you know, there's just imaginative, almost like primal play, if you will, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. just movement. Yeah. That should be definitely be one of your hashtags. <laughs> Hashtag primal play. Yeah. Um, tell us about your like Thor hammer. Yes. So it goes along the same line <laughs> of being super epic and having fun. I think that workouts should be fun. Um, everybody has their inner superhero that, you know, that's why these action movies and these superhero movies are so mega, mega popular. People want to kind of live out an adventure in their, in their uh, imagination. Like, wow, these superheroes have such amazing capacity for power, speed, and strength. It's fascinating. Um, video games are so mega popular all ages. So, you know, who doesn't want to be or feel like Thor when they're working out? Yes. Um, and so I've seen the Indian clubs and things like that and kettlebells. You have this swinging tool that is semi-balanced and you, you do complex movements with it. And I just had that aha moment like, well, why not do Indian club or kettlebell movements with a Thor's hammer? How fun would that be? And I coined the term Thorfit and we made a logo and everything and some shirts. And it was fun to do. But my same, the same artisan that makes our wooden maces, he – so in Texas, we have this – tree called mesquite tree it's like the toughest thing on earth mm. it's like stone this tree is mega tough and it's very dense and so that's what we use to make our thor's hammers is a uh, is mesquite wood it's a exotic wood everywhere else but around here because it's ma the main tree we have everywhere but outside of here out of, outside of south texas it's a rare tree and so it, it the furniture and things like that from mesquite are very highly valuable they're super sought after because of the density and hardness of the wood but also because of the beauty of it and so my artisan said we could make a thor's hammer out of mesquite wood that stuff is tough and it's heavy and it stains beautifully and so i i designed a thor's hammer to the proportions of an indian club which is about 24 inches long mm. very very front loaded and heavy in the front end it's about you know nine to ten pounds and uh if you start doing movements like mills and 360s which are mace movement patterns or you start doing kettlebell complexes with it it definitely stimulates a lot of grip strength and grip endurance for spartan racing or for judo jujitsu martial arts where you have to really grip nice and strong uh and so that's where the thor fit hammer and thor fit workout came from basically very cool um you know had some had a chance to check out your website before our podcast and it's like i have my whole christmas list on one yeah. page <laughs> yeah. I just thought, what would i want as a big kid in my mind yes and we made them for and they were going to be for me and then people decided they liked it too so we said well man let's make it for everyone <laughs> please make me a batmobile out of mesquite <laughs> i love it that would be the toughest car on earth no doubt <laughs> what is the uh, what's the new product that's coming out the the new um, yeah the new addition so, to the to the family yeah so absolutely what a perfect segue dude this is an awesome podcast <laughs> thank you we were just we talking try, about we Avengers and superheroes unintentionally uh, and we said well I, a lot of our clients say do you guys make a kids maze my kid always wants to play around with my primal flow maze but I don't want him to be messing with it I don't want him to drop it and chip it or anything I love this thing you need to make a kids maze. Plus, it's a little bigger for, you know, younger kids. So we have made a kid's mace. I have an eight-year-old daughter, and she likes to play around with my mace. And so we made one for her initially in the very, very first set of prototypes uh, over a year ago. I made one for her, smaller and lighter. And it just stayed that way because we got so busy making the regular mace. So um, my wife said, you know, we really need to make that kid's mace again. We're getting a lot of the clients buying Primal Flow saying, would you make one? I have kids. They'd love to make one. They'd love to have one. So literally today we dropped online on our store, the kids maze, and we themed them with colors that are superhero colors like red and gold and blue and red and silver and blue. And they're really fun. I, I totally want to make an adult maze with this color scheme. Um, and so it's a lightweight. It's, an, it, it's a, a pound and a half. It's about four to five inches shorter than the regular maze. It's got a thinner handle for smaller hands. So it's, it's good for kids like, five, six, seven years old, up to maybe 10 or 11 years old. And uh, that's the, the newest product, but the one that's complete exclusive that no one else has heard about except ah, for you guys. Yes. Um, it is the Mesquite Mace. 
So the, the Thorfinn hammer had got such awesome reviews from people that have bought it. People that bought us, we sold out at paleo effects, like way too fast for the, the, the mesquite hammer that I said, yeah, thank you. Awesome. I said, we need to make a, a mace from this same wood because it's so, it's so much denser and heavier than maple, which is the, the traditional one we're using is maple. And it's a great wood. You can imagine it's like a, a baseball, a wooden baseball bat, but the mesquite is a very, very dense wood. So that guy brings it up to about almost five pounds of a mace, which is the ideal weight we were honestly shooting for, for the initial primal flow mace was to go to a five pound mace. And uh, I refashioned the handle with a martial arts background. I always loved the way the nunchuck felt in your hand. And uh, it was octagon shaped handle and it was so ergonomic. It was so comfortable. I said, we need to make our next mace with an octagon shaped handle. And uh, so we got to work right on the design. We prototyped it a few times and we nailed it. Uh, it's going to be released in June. So you guys literally are the first exclusive. It's, it's the, the Primal Flow Nomad. That's going to be the name because we have uh, other names for other ones. And it, it's going to be a very simplified, beautifully raw training tool for mesquite. Um, it doesn't need extra fancy finish or anything because that wood itself is so beautiful. But it's, it's again, it's five pounds, so it's heavier. The octagon shape handles, really, really ergonomic. So with the home gym, you can literally set up the maple mace, which is light, about three pounds. And then the, the wooden mesquite mace, the Nomad, which is five pounds or so. And you have a pretty well-rounded ramp up to your 10-pound steel mace. Even if you choose to go there, you can stay within those two and have a whole entire movement practice right there. Hell yes. I have a, an offer for you, sir. I like it. I would love to purchase one of the first mesquite maces. Yeah, you, know? you just take down my credit card. That's I know. Or one. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, absolutely, man. We are, we're making them next week. Uh, we're going to start fabricating them and making them so we can obviously do the photo shoots for it and release out on our online store. So even before it gets on the online store, you will have one. <gasps> Please. That's awesome. Oh my gosh. That sounds so cool. So you had mentioned that you, you hand, you know, you're staining them, you're doing the logos on them. Are you burning your logos in? How are you doing that? We are um, doing, I do different techniques with them. Uh, on some of them, I'll etch them with a, with an etching tool. It's a, it depends on how much, how much we have in an order. Like if I have a really, like right now I'm pretty pressed. We had a lot of surge of orders from Paleo Effects, which is amazing. So uh, I have a graphics person. Again, going back to resources, one of my staff members has a graphics business. <laughs> so, That's um, awesome. It was like all together in one. I didn't need, I just, just add mace. We had every artisan already within our staff or our family. Wow. And so uh, we have a cheesy term. We say it's amazing that all this stuff happened. <laughs> amazing. <laughs> like super cheesy, but it's okay. I love and it. Cheesy is the best. So the main one we do is a graphic that's, you know, put onto the mace and then we seal it in really, really solidly with uh, polyurethane so it doesn't scrape off. And that's like the main maces that we will set out. Um, this new mace is going to have like a burn torch on look to the, gra the graphic. So it's actually, there's no extra thing. That's why I said the Nomad is going to have a much more rawer feel to it mm -hmm. because the, the wood itself doesn't need any kind of stain. It's so beautiful. We're just going to clear coat it to protect it from the weather and that kind of stuff. Um, and then I'm doing a technique, if, since you're an artist, I'm doing some burnishing technique, right? Where mm -hmm. uh, I burnish the logo on with a darker stain and it looks like you took a, a torch and branded the mace like like you would a cattle you know in the old west or something yeah that's awesome and also like on brand to because i mean the woods from austin like yeah. that sort of you know effect you're talking about seems yeah. very authentic to the area right we just did the one prototype i have here and i just fell in love with it it's been the mace i've been using for all my flows now so if you look on my instagram and the recent flows just zoom in a little bit. You'll get a sneak peek of what the mesquite mace looks like because it's the one I'm using. And uh, I just love the handle shape. It's just so secure in my hands. And then the weight distribution and density of this one, it's just so fun to move with. And it's a little heavier, so it gives it a little bit better. Not that we're looking for heavy weight, 
because uh, we have a saying that uh, my coach Leo um, coined, chase the skill, not the weight. Mm. Because really it's about getting that proper movement, harmony with all your muscles and your joints. So five pounds is as heavy as you need to go for this particular movement practice. Then you can cross over into steel mace flow or even like heavy steel mace swinging and kettlebell and all that. That's beautiful. And, and throughout your week, you now have a well-rounded movement practice. You can have your heavy barbell kettlebell stuff, and then you have your restorative movement with primal flow. Where can people find you online? Yeah. So Dr. Joey PT, D-R Joey, J-O-E-Y-P-T is my Instagram. And that's probably where I'm most active. And that's one thing I, I always check. And then Primal Flow Mace Movement is the Instagram for the company. And I co-post on all of them. So basically, if you follow one, you follow most. Um, that's the best way to get a hold of me. We do have a website, uh, which is primalflowmovement.com. And that's where our online store is. And those are linked in the bio to my Instagram pages. So that's probably the best avenue is Instagram. And I constantly post videos of training. You'll see some integrated mace workouts with barbell or kickboxing or kettlebell. I do a lot of uh, cross training myself. So I put those videos online and uh, any kind of mace, at least once a week, I try to do like a mace flow with a primal flow using the foundations book to kind of support the, the, the book itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. That does make it sounds great. And we're all about active recovery uh, with our programming with our clients. And I just love how you're right. You know, you can heavy lift on a Monday and a Thursday, then you can do some movement patterns when it's, you know, low impact, like a restorative movement, you're still going to get a killer workout. A hundred percent. Yes, I agree. So we ask every person who comes on our show, the same question. Um, and you know it's completely up to to you and how you feel um but we find it has a lot to do the answers have a lot to do with people's passions and their drive um but what would you say your definition of impact is impact is changing people's lives for the better when you've made an impact on somebody whether it be something so simple as a mental impression or a correction in their behavior to make them a better person, whether it be physically, mentally, socially, emotionally, I think there you've made an impact on somebody. And I try to make an impact on someone every single day in some way or form or fashion, then I'm like, I've done something good today. Whether I turned them on to eating healthier or turned them on to de-stressing or optimizing their body through movement, if I turn someone on every day to that, I've made an impact. Yeah. Massive impact. Massive. Mm-hmm. We also love, um, you know, reminding everyone that there's a ripple effect to every action that you take, every choice that you make. And, you know, that one act of encouraging someone to eat healthier is going to serve, you know, maybe their child later down the road yeah. who will then have a totally different career with athleticism or just healthy habits in general. So love that. Super well put. Yeah. Love it, man. Hey, Joey, is there anything else that uh, you want to add in or touch on that we haven't touched on yet? Um, Just basically, I I love this whole practice is developing and I'm so, so humbled and honored that people have just embraced the the book and the, the mace practice and the mace itself and our hammers and uh, we're gearing up to do some workshops to travel. I love to travel so I can impact more people. And so right now we have, uh, you know, Victoria Islas from Steel Mace Warrior. We're flying out to Yuma, Arizona to do a workshop there in August. We had a group at Paleo FX sign up with us from Nashville, Tennessee, uh, Live Free Chiropractics. They joined up as a Primal Flow affiliate to, you know, sign on for the teaching half-day program and the Maces. So... I would love to just emphasize out there that, you know, I taught for over 10 years and I taught martial arts for over 20 years. So teaching groups for me, is my passion. I love to share this stuff in person. And so if there's a way that, you know, people want to um, bring me over to their training studio or gym or clinic to share Primal Flow. That would be an amazing passion. And this is a great, you know, springboard to have people go, oh, that sounds really cool. I want to know more about that. Uh, 
I have Mace and I will travel. <laughs> Hell awesome. yes. And we will figure out a way somehow to get you to Richmond to show everybody exactly what you're talking about. That's and awesome. Richmond has not seen it and needs to. Yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. I graduated my DPT from Shenandoah, Virginia. Oh, cool. No way. Right up there in the mountains. I went Winchester, to... Uh, yeah, Winchester, Virginia. Yeah, I went to James Madison University for my undergrad. Cool. <laughs> Small world, buddy. Small world. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. This was an absolute pleasure. Thank you for uh, coming on our show. And um, hopefully everybody will will check out your stuff. And we're definitely going to stay tuned for that mesquite mace. That's That's something we're... Yeah, yeah, let's definitely keep in contact and we'll shoot messages and I'll get that over to you. I'd love to. Rock Hell on, yes, we'd Rock love on. to have one. Cool. Thank you so much. Grind on. Whoa, great episode. Am I right, y'all? Dave and I loved talking to Dr. Cadena about functional fitness, primal flow, the mace, mindless mindfulness, active meditation, flow state, the history of the mace, and so much more. Please go and check out his website at www.primalflowmovement.com. You can also check out his Instagram account at primalflowmacemovement. And if you're interested in getting your own mace, purchase one on the website. Use the promo code GSNATION15 for 15% off of your order. That mesquite mace that he was talking about just came out on June 8th. So go ahead and order yours now. GSNATION15 for your 15% off. Thanks as always for listening, y'all. Keep grinding on.